Hi, it's Mike Morse. Welcome to Open Mic. We are in the 70s. We have done over 70 episodes. It's really exciting, and we're happy that you're here watching or listening. Today, we have Mark Din, who was on a show that a lot of people are talking about that I got to admit I didn't know anything about. It's called 60 Days In. It's when people volunteer to go to jail to check up on the jail, kind of like a secret shopper type of thing. And I watched the first episode this morning, and it's a fascinating show. I guess it's getting all kinds of uh, people watching. They're on the sixth season now. But one of the stars of season five was Mark Din, and he's here today to tell us all about it, what it was like to be in jail for 60 days, even though he didn't commit a crime. So let's bring in Mark right now. You never know who you're going to see. Be one guy one-on-one my whole career. What you're going to hear. You got a lot of desperate people in the city. Or what they've got to say. When you can take people inside of a crime. That's what you're going to hear on my podcast, Open Mic. Find it where you find your podcasts. Hi, Mark. Hey, Mike. How are you? I'm great. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me on. And, you know, I love, you know, my podcast that I've been doing now uh, for a while. We're in the, uh, you heard me mention 70 something episodes. Mm -hmm. I'm learning about new TV shows. I'm learning about new organizations. <laughs> and this is an, this is an interesting one. I, I, uh, you know, kind of reminded me of like, have you seen the show alone where they drop you off in the middle of the wilderness? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is kind of similar. They drop you off in the middle of a jail somewhere in Arizona <laughs> and uh, you're kind of doing their you're kind of being the secret, the secret guy around there. I mean, so let's, you know, what's your background? Why, why would you, I got to figure out why a guy like you would want to do something like this. <laughs> okay. So, uh, well, as I said, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Hey, sure. to all you fans. Um, Hey, so my background is, uh, you know, right after high school, I, uh, I did a career in the military. I was in the uh, army for, for about 13 years. After I got out of the army, I started working as a corrections officer for the state of Georgia. I live around here in the Atlanta area and in, in the suburbs, if you will. And so I started doing uh, work as a corrections officer. And uh, in fact, uh, I wanted to go to uh, law school, but I realized it's a whole lot of money. And um, yeah, to become a public defender, I was like, oh, I don't know. So I went to the other side. I went to, to law enforcement and uh, started working as a corrections officer and did that for, for, for a couple of years. And uh, the show 60 Days In came out, uh, I want to say it was maybe 2016. So I was always intrigued by the show. And definitely watched it because of, of, of my past. Well, there's two reasons. Number one, because I was a corrections officer. Number two, my brother-in-law had caught a 10-year sentence for armed robbery. So, uh, you know, de definitely, okay, I saw things from the corrections officer side of it, but I, I was always interested to see things from the inmate side of it and, and to see kind of what my brother-in-law was going through. So uh, I, I got contacted by A&E. They have a, a very just a weird recruiting process. So most reality shows, I guess, uh, people put in applications for and, and they select based on who apply. But in this case, they actually had contacted me. So after much thought and consideration, I was like, I don't know that I want to do this. It's cool to watch it, to sit there on the couch and watch the show, but to actually do the show is an entirely different thing. But uh, after about six months of, of, of a very rigorous application process, uh, psychological evaluation stuff like that i decided to go ahead and do it and now i'm 
the guy that everybody has come to know and love. So overall, it was a good experience. It was. It was. So being a corrections officer, I'm actually in law enforcement now still. Um, what do you do now? Uh, so I work for the uh, the sheriff here in, in a local county around the Atlanta area. Okay. And it definitely taught me kind of what I was looking for. As I said, you know, I, I had that, 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 that training as a corrections officer and I got to see things from the other side like I wanted because my brother-in-law had caught a 10 year prison sentence. And, and it definitely, it definitely helped me in my career. Um, because if anything going and, and being an inmate for 60 days teaches you a lot of, a lot more compassion and empathy than you'll see in necessarily an, an average officer. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a good experience and I'm but glad I did it. Mark, wasn't the premise of the show that, that the sheriffs were bringing in you and others, there were seven of you mm-hmm. to ferret out fraud, ferret out abuse, uh, look for people, not, uh, look for drugs in the system or look for, for bad actors in the system that maybe real corrections officers weren't able to find wasn't that the premise the yeah the premise of the show is basically you're going in and you're working for the sheriff of that particular county that particular institution and uh, so you know you're trying to find out hey where are the drugs coming from you know as far as the gangs what's going on as far as gang activity in that particular facility um my my job was uh was actually uh, uh evaluating jail operations um, are, are we doing the right thing? But, you know, one thing I would say, Mike, is w- when you're doing all this, you're, you're, you're in there. You're there every day uh, living with these guys. So it, it's hard not to build up empathy and hearing their story and, and listening to them and saying, you know what? Yeah, it, it, it opened my eyes to the criminal justice system. Um, you know, it's like, okay, we incarcerate a lot of people that you know, why aren't we getting them help? You know, whether it be, you know, uh, I'm not saying, okay, before, before, let me preface this before I say this. I'm not saying that incarceration in America is not a good thing. We have to have incarceration in America, but it definitely opens your eyes to, okay, these people are doing this because they're feeding an addiction. So let's get to that root cause of, 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 of why people are, you know, taking drugs or whatever they're doing and let, let's try to fix it. So, if anything, a lot of us that have done the show, and there's actually a few of us that are still that, that have done the show that were law enforcement officers that are still law enforcement, but uh, I've seen a lot of people that have done the show that it definitely opens our eyes to, okay, maybe we need to start, you know, fixing the issues, not necessarily mass incarceration across America, but hey, if if the guy needs or the or the lady needs help. Let's help them. Let's get them. Uh, let's get them to a therapist. Let's get them feeding the addiction issue. You know, figuring out the addiction issues and stuff like that. Sure. So, what was the crime that you al- allegedly uh, committed to to be incar- incarcerated for sixty days? Okay. Great. Great question. So, if you've never seen my episode and you've just heard me talk, you'll see. Okay, this guy's got glasses. He probably doesn't fit the norm of being a uh, a, a, a criminal. But uh, criminals so, don't wear glasses. Is that what uh, you're apparent, what you... apparently? And <laughs> uh, you know, well, you, you know, I've got a tattoo Tattoos. or two, but <clears throat> but you know, so they they basically saw that they said, you know, you 
you sound like you're you're fairly educated. They said, so what we're going to do is we're going to give you a white-collar crime. So my crime was uh, uh, possession of stolen checkbooks, also known as just fraud. So okay. um, that was my story. And when people asked me about it, uh, I took a little bit of truth and, and sprinkled a whole lot of deceit in there. But uh, I... I after I left being a corrections officer, um, I actually became a real estate agent here in the state of Georgia. And so I just used that as my cover story is, listen, you know, I'm a real estate agent. I had fallen on hard times. If you don't know uh, much about how uh, the, the pay structure of a real estate agent is you don't get paid if you don't sell houses. So it's a commission job. So I just said, hey, I fell on hard times. You know, I still have to still have to pay a mortgage. I still have to provide for my family. So I would take clients through houses. And if there was a, a, a checkbook laying out, I would steal it. And uh, that was basically my cover story. Okay. And I saw the first episode where you did, you know, they, they, you met the guys out on the, on the dirt road. And they brought you to mm -hmm. the jail. And they got you in your outfit and uh, got, you, got you inside. I mean, how, you know, how nerve-wracking and uh, scary was that experience? So, you know, that whole six month process of interviewing and going through, you know, just the various, it's one thing to say, oh yeah, I can do this. You know, definitely, you know, uh, it's easy to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's not until you actually get there and, and you, you're smelling the smells and you're, you're, you're talking to the people, you know, and you're hearing the people screaming and yelling and hollering and that it's like, okay, wait a minute. What did I sign myself up for? Now, that being said, I was a corrections officer, so I had a little bit of, of experience in dealing with the incarcerated. Now, I won't say that means that I knew what I was doing as far as when the corrections officers left, but I would say maybe I was a little more prepared as far as knowing what goes on in a, in a, in a, in a you know, jail or in a facility. But, yeah, it's definitely when they close the doors it's like okay this this is no longer this is no longer tv this is now this is this is gel so right i mean i mean i think you even made the comment if somebody wants to hurt you i mean they could hurt you pretty good before uh, before you start yelling your uh, safe word that your shoulder hurts yep. um you know you could be pretty badly hurt or killed in a short period of time exactly so uh, and as you said, if you haven't seen the show, we had a uh, uh, a thing where we were saying, if we felt like we needed to talk to somebody, we were supposed to grab our shoulder and say, oh, man, my shoulder hurts. Um, but they said if you needed immediate exit for whatever reason, they said go ahead and, and fall down and have a quote-unquote seizure, and we'll get to you. But as you said, Mike, uh, you said it best, you know, if, 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 if someone wanted to do something to you, it it doesn't take, you know, no matter how many seizures you have, supposedly, I mean, it doesn't take long to get hurt in the facility either. Right. So one thing that, that, that struck me was the cameras and mm -hmm. we're not talking just surveillance cameras that the inmates didn't know about. I mean, the cameras had to have been everywhere that had to have been three, four five camera people. Uh, people are mic'd up. Um, what were the, what were the real prisoners told about all the cameras? Okay, and, and great question. So the setup is they had a, a lot of stationary cameras, uh, if you will, the eye in the skies, but they were very, very nice cameras. And then we saw camera crews would come in, usually 
once a day, maybe once every other day for, for 30 minutes, and they'd say they want to interview you. So the actual inmates were told, this is a, this is a jail documentary on border jails because we were in Pinal County, Arizona, and Pinal County, Arizona is, I believe I heard uh, Sheriff Lamb say it's about 55 miles from the border with Mexico. So that basically they knew it was a documentary. They just thought it was a documentary about jails that were on the Mexican border because that's such a hot button topic today in our you know political landscape today is the borders and, and stuff like that. So that's kind of what they thought it was. Got it. So, so they, they, they didn't, uh, so did they ever, I mean, I didn't watch all the episodes. Did they ever come on to not come on to you? Did they ever, um, get wind that you were a plant in there and you were spying on the system? Okay. So towards the end and uh, you'll, you'll definitely have to watch it, but towards the end, (laughs) towards the end, we had something happen. Um, I, I won't be too descriptive because if you're, if, if your people haven't seen it, then I definitely want them to watch it. But let's just say the whole house of cards comes falling down. Okay. I don't, I don't think that I ever particularly came under suspicion, but due to some actions of other participants and I'll just leave it at that. Um, uh, yeah, unfortunately, uh, they were, they were definitely afraid because at the end of the day, Let's just be honest. You're talking about this is a real life law enforcement agency that has got, if you for the for the for the sake of better terms, you've got a reality reality people in in your in your jail. So for for obvious reasons, they wanted to pull us. You know, because if if we got really hurt, then obviously that would look bad on. That would be bad, <laughs> right? That's what I was waiting for. Like on the shows alone and this show, it's like people could get hurt. Um, but and it you- has happened. So you were the in for 60 days, sleeping on uh, a state bunk. Yep. Uh, you were eating the food, and you lasted the full 60 days? Yes, sir. I mean, I did you get paid well for this, Mark? Uh, well, you know, probably probably better than most. Okay. You know, I can't get into... I can't get, unfortunately I'm, I'm on a lifetime ban with A and E confidentiality. I, yep. I get it. I get it. Yep. I'm a lawyer. And, and yeah, I was going to say you're a lawyer. So you understand. So I can never reveal what I got paid, but suffice it to say it was definitely enticing to say, you know what? I'm willing to give up 60 days of my life. <laughs> and it was worth it. All right. Yeah. And you got stories to tell the rest of your life. You're a TV yeah. star now. Um, how bad is the food in there? <sighs> the food's terrible and there's not a lot of it. Um, now, because we were close to the border, we had uh, Taco Tuesday, if you will. But it was gel food Taco Tuesday, so it wasn't all that appealing. the the food The food's not the greatest. There's not a lot of it. So the federal government says, "Hey, you have to feed your inmates so many calories a day." But let's be honest, Mike. On the outside, you know, we get to choose our calories. There, you don't. So you eat at like three thirty in the morning. That's breakfast. What? Uh, yeah, that's yeah. early. It, it was. It was three thirty, four in the morning. They they came in. They fed you breakfast. Uh, Ten o'clock. You usually ate lunch, and then it was. If I remember right, it was about three o'clock is when you ate dinner, and you didn't get a lot. So did I understand. You, did you whole, lose a lot of weight? I did. I did. I I would say I probably lost about thirty pounds in there. Um, okay. And um, yeah, so I I understand now why a lot of people live on. You know, commissary is not really any better than gas station food, if you will. But and I'm not bashing you. If you were a gas station owner, I'm not bashing you. 
But let's be honest, it's not the greatest food in the world. Uh, but I see why people subside subside on that because it is <laughs> you you yeah. are hungry all the time. So again, I unfortunately haven't watched the ten episodes or, yeah. or other seasons. But you know, did did you make any friends while you were there? You know, I did. Of course, you know some of the some of the participants we we talked to this day. But as far as real inmates, I did. Uh, I, I would love for you to see the story of Dylan. Um, so Dylan was this kid. And I can say, kid, I'm in my 40s, and I think he's 20, 21, 22. But, uh, you know, it just made some stupid boneheaded decisions in life. But what you'll find out is on the West Coast, uh, gels are very, very segregated. So if you're white, you run with your race. If you're black, you run with the, your race, you know. Um, and we had five, five race groups in each pod. Um, and this kid, <clears throat> he, he was a white kid. And, but he had grown up in an urban area and he really wanted, like growing up, he had, uh, he had hung out with a lot of the African-Americans. And so that was where he felt comfortable. But unfortunately, and you'll have to watch it. Unfortunately, that comes back and bites him in the butt. And, and, um, but we made friends. In fact, we talked to this day. Um, he's, he's still in, uh, actually, I think he gets out. He might be uh, out about now. I haven't talked to him in a while. But uh, we talked uh, through email, and uh, actually, I think I'm going to have him on. So if you, if you get invested in this show, Mike, uh, you, I think you'll love to go over to my YouTube channel because I'm going to bring him in for an interview. But he's getting out if he's not already out. I believe it was the end of August, so let's, it's actually September now. <laughs> let's plug your YouTube channel. Let's plug your YouTube channel. Tell me about it, and what, how do viewers or listeners come find you? Okay, so you can type into either any, any podcast or YouTube, because we, we are on both. But uh, any, any, any place you do your podcasting or YouTube, type in Awkward, that's A-W-K-W-A-R-D, uh, Awkward Fist Bump Productions. And what my channel is, is we actually talk about law enforcement issues. We talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of law enforcement on both sides of it. So my co-host uh, did 10 years uh, in prison. So, and then, of course, you got me, the law enforcement guy. So we just talk about, and especially I think it's something needed now. We talk about uh, just the, the, the issues and, and, and how to mend that bridge, if you will. Because especially in what's going on today, you know, when you watch the news, it seems like, it seems like there's no, you know, we, you know, we can never, ever heal, heal you know. Uh, uh, it seems like you're either with law enforcement or you're not. And that, that's part of our channel is, is we just, we want to, we see that and we want to mend the bridges and say, listen, we're, we're not as bad. And when I say we're, I'm speaking about from the law enforcement standpoint, we're not as bad that we do. We do have bad, but we're not as bad as, as a lot of people think. And then I have uh, my co-host who's like, yes, I, I get it. You look at me like he's an ex-con. He's this terrible guy. But we just talk about the different issues in law enforcement. And uh, so, yeah, definitely come on over, subscribe. And uh, if you're a podcaster and you don't really YouTube, just type in Awkward Fist Pump Productions and whatever platform you use. You know, talking about police uh, police issues, you know, there's nothing really to talk about these days. I'm surprised you guys have uh, stuff to talk about. That's a joke. That's a joke. <laughs> well, boy, your podcast sounds very timely. Um, I'm going to check that out. Subscribe. Awkward Fist Bump. Productions. Productions. Um, are you getting some traction with it? You got a lot of viewers on your YouTube channel. Yeah, we started up. 
we started about two months ago. I mean, so we haven't been around that that long. Um, I think right now we're a little shy of 800 subscribers. Right. And, and, and you know, uh, you've got a channel yourself. Some videos do great. Some videos don't. Um, I think, you know, we're getting on some videos. Uh, we've got a couple of thousand views. But yeah, as I said, we've only been around seven or eight weeks. So well, we'll send you this video. You can post this there, you, this interview. And yeah. um, we'll definitely yeah. uh, put your stuff in our in our show notes and everything like that. So with regards, you know, the show, do, do you think that your shows and this series of shows has done anything to make jails safer for the population or um, more honest? I mean, do you think there's been good changes that have come out of this show? Wow, good question. So, yes, I think some have. Uh, um, some of the facilities, because obviously after a season or two, and and just to, uh, so you understand, when they usually do two seasons in one facility, they film it back to back before they air it. Uh, and that's uh, <laughs> and that's because they don't the, the prisoners are going to know the guards yeah. are going to know. I yeah. mean, is this really about the guards and 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 finding bad guards and loopholes in 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 the management, or is it about finding? Uh, loopholes how the prisoners are getting contraband in or doing other illegal stuff they, they've done both they've done a good job on on both where uh in some seasons uh officers have been fired because of what they did uh and and i think this latest season out of etowah county alabama i want to say they fired 12 or 13 staff members as wow. a result of what happened so it's definitely some good stuff comes out of it um you know, usually they're able, and I don't know as far as finances, but but usually they're able to get body scanner systems, stuff like that. It helps them because we're able to say, hey, this is how the contraband's coming in. A lot of it's the old-fashioned way. I mean, stuff that's been around forever, but but it, it helps them in in their process. But at the same at the same time, it helps humanize. Because you know, there's a lot of documentaries out there, like Locked Up Raw and stuff like that, and it shows the bad of 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 the inmate population. But I think it helps humanize some of these guys, and and which I think is a wonderful thing because they're not all bad. I can't I can't stress that enough, Mike. And uh, I know you're you're an attorney, so you you know you, I'm sure you've had some clients, uh, and I'm not sure what area of the law. I think it's personal injury is what I looked at, but I'm sure you've worked in the past with with people. Um, but it humanizes them and it shows, Hey, these are, these are real people. Um, but I think they do a good job of showing that, yeah, incarceration is necessary in, in America, but it humanizes the, that element. So I think they do a really, really good job. Um, because it, it helps the facilities, but it also helps the inmates as well. And yeah, yeah, I mean, that's obviously, you know, the good that comes out of it. I, I don't know if the show does a good enough job of showing the changes that are being made, but if bad guards are being fired, that's yeah. a good change right there. And, you know, it's also notice for all the other guards in the country that they mm -hmm. know that this show is out there and that they got to be on the lookout, not, mm -hmm. not to spot guys like you, but maybe not to be as mean to certain people or to cut corners or to do something illegal because they know that this is out there and that they could lose their job. I mean, I think that's uh, a potential deterrent um, yeah. to bad behavior. Yeah. And 
you know, once again, that's one of the things we talk about on my channel is I, I believe the majority of officers are, are, are good and try to do the right thing, but you're always going to have your handful of, of people that, that aren't. And I think this show does a great job of exposing the bad because, um, you know, time and, and, and trust me, I've been there now. The time is already hard enough, but then when you, when you, uh, you know, put throw in corrupt staff, uh, when I, what I mean by corrupt, uh, I don't necessarily mean corrupt. There is corrupt staff that help bring in some of the contraband, but when you bring in staff that they're cold hearted is I guess the best word I can think of, then it makes your time even harder. And, and there's a difference between following policy and being, and, and I think season six is, is a great example of that. Um, whenever you get around to it, season six really shows there were a couple of terrible officers that were just vindictive. And, and it helps expose that. And because I would like to think I'm, I'm, I'm a good officer, for example, but, you know, people watch shows like that, and then they get this, this, this opinion that all officers are bad. And, and, I, and I'll be honest with you, 60 days in, you know, they they edit a lot of stuff to tell a story, and and I'm not mad at A and E for that. I'm not mad at six, you know, the producers of Sixty Days In for that. But understand, everything you see is not necessarily what happened there. But they do a really good job of 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 exposing the good and uh, or showing the good and exposing the bad. Interesting. I mean, I'm surprised that the that the officers allowed the vindictiveness to be shown on camera because. Yeah. Uh, they knew that they were being filmed, so that doesn't make a whole bunch of sense. Well, you know, I think, and, and I don't know what type of, uh, of, of, of waiver that they signed, but I, I think, you know, when people first come in and they realize, oh, this is a show, they're on their best behavior, but when they're so stinking long, let's just be honest, you know, you're going to eventually go back to your old ways. And I think probably through whatever liability waivers that they make, you know, hey, we're going to show it however we show it, you know, and, and, and the sheriffs and, and the staff and the board of commissioners or whatever are, are subject to that. But, yeah, I mean, I think it's great. And, and, and most of the sheriffs that have done the show, if not all the sheriffs, have welcomed that. And they've taken, uh, you know, uh, disciplinary action where they needed to. So I think, I think it's a good thing. If you have a sheriff that does it for the right reasons, uh, then, then it's, it's a good thing because... Well, let's be honest. If you've ever run an organization, you want to know. Oh, you got shows like Undercover Boss and stuff like this. This is like a Undercover Boss on steroids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's just <laughs> definitely. A sp I thought about that. It's a spinoff of Undercover Boss. Yeah. So, are you now? I mean, are you a a local celebrity? Not even local. I mean, do people recognize you all the time? Are people coming up to you with selfies and autographs, or not so much? Um. Yeah, especially when the show was first out. So I got to tell you this story. This was like probably the coolest story that I've had. And uh, and if you want verification, y'all can go to any of my social media accounts. I promise you have the picture. But yeah, I'm, I'm the local celebrity. But um, a lot of people will be like, hey, you're that guy from the show. And that's not why I did it, first of all. I did it to, to, to help change, change a system. But it, that is kind of the fallout of it. But the coolest story that I have for you is... I was uh, standing at the gas station one day, and we have this celebrity, this big, big celebrity that, that lives a big in more ways than one, uh, that lives, in fact, uh, he, he lives in our town right, right down the road from me, but I'd never met him before. And the 
it was just super cool. So I'm sitting at the gas station. This big muscular dude comes up to me and he's like, yo, you're Mark from 60 days in. And I'm like, yeah, I am. And you know, he does, I guess his, his girlfriend was a big fan of me. So they do, they do this whole, uh, what is it? FaceTime with me. And, uh, he takes a selfie and then he stops and he's like, Hey, my boss is walking up and turn around and it's Shaquille O'Neal. And he oh, turns, wow. <laughs> he turns around to Shaquille O'Neal and he's like, yo, this is, and Shaq stops him, and he's like, that's Mark from 60 Days In. <laughs> I was like, whoa! So it was it was kind of amazing that Shaquille O'Neal watches it, but if you know anything about Shaquille O'Neal, he, he is a reserve uh, uh, officer. He's, he's, he's been a law enforcement officer for a long time. Um, so he, he's into the show. But So that was probably the neatest um, experience. Neat. But, but yeah, I've, I've done, I'm, I'm on a lot of people's cell phones, and you know the way I see it is, in fact, it's funny you mentioned that because I went to uh, Dunkin' Donuts today and the young lady that was working, she said, the first time I saw you, because she just realized I was on 60 Days In, she was like, I know I know him. And and she, a couple of the other people were like, who are you? You know, that were uh, customers. But everything's about, what I'm getting at is, is I love talking to people. So if you ever come up to me and, and don't worry, you're not, you're not wasting my time. Cause I get a lot of that too. A lot of people that say, well, I don't want to waste your time. You're not wasting my time. I love talking to people. I love, I love this stuff. So I always believe in treating others how you want to be treated. So, but it's kind of a neat experience. And, and for someone like me, it's like, you really want to take a selfie with me? <laughs> it's like, I'm just a person. No, that's, but, <laughs> that's, no, that's awesome. So my last question, I want to, I want to ask you what, what was the scariest thing in those 60 days that happened to you where you, where you really thought you were in danger or that you had made a mistake by, by signing up for this 60 days in? Uh, I don't know that I was ever per se in danger, but one of the things that I didn't like is um, so once again, it's a very race-based uh, out on the West coast, their incarceration, uh, uh, you know, areas are very, very race-based. So you will have to see, uh, I start off as this kind of this awkward guy that that's why I have awkward fist bump productions. People that watch the show understand, but, uh, I start off kind of awkwardly, but I eventually elevated myself to second in charge of the woods, which is the prison or the jail gang there. And, I, I hated that because I had no desire to even be uh, a pod boss, especially for a white supremacy organization. Um, but there you had to, you, you kind of had to play the part. Hmm. Um, but that was, I think that was, I hated that. Even though you'll see, if you watch a show, you'll be like, oh man, he's, he's doing so much better. I hated that because I came from a family um, that, we just weren't racist. Um, I, I was in the military, uh, where you know, if you had my back, I had yours, we didn't see color. And then, so now I'm, I'm in this and I'm walking around with this pod boss that he's drawing swastikas everywhere. And I'm like, Oh, that's great, dude. That's freaking awesome. Um, <laughs> and yeah, but it's like when you're undercover though, you got to play the part and that sounds like to, what you were doing. Exactly. You had to play the part. So hmm, interesting, but, but it was, as I said, it, it did bother me. Cause it's like, that's not me. That's not anything I do, but we knew before we went in, but yeah, you'll, you'll see me. Uh, and, and I think that was more, yeah, there was some danger. Uh, there, there was some fights and stuff like that, but, 
but I never really had anything come on me. That was just the the thing I, I would say I hated about it the most was having to affiliate with a Nazi and yeah. becoming the second Nazi in charge. And, Ugh, pretend, and pretending like you like the person, I assume. Exactly. <laughs> Interesting stuff, Mark. Well, listen, I really look uh, forward to watching this. Um, 60 Days In on A&E, season five uh, is what you were in. Uh, yes, thank you for coming on our podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me, Mike. And, I appreciate and, it. And good luck on your podcast. Yes, sir. And we will uh, put some links in our show notes so people can come out and uh, check out your show and um, ask questions and, and become a fan of yours. And um, if I have any questions, I'll call you and uh, we'll talk about the show some more. So we may, yeah. have, you ha- may have to have you back on. Hey, I would love to collaborate with you if you'd ever want to. Uh, if you, if you're ever available for me to interview you, I'd love to have you on as well. Of course, anytime, anytime. All thank right. you, Mark Din, for being on Open Mic. We'll talk soon. All right, thank you, brother. Have a good one. Well, there you have it from Mark Din, uh, one of the stars on Six Days In on the A and E Network. Um, interesting show. I'm going to watch it. If you've watched it, let me know. Comment below. If there's anybody else you want us to try to get on open mic, let me know that as well. You can email me at mike at 855mikewins.com. Comment below. Subscribe, please, and share this podcast with anybody that you think would get enjoyment out of it. So anyway, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Until next time.